Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. May 2nd, 2023, this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast NXT 2.0. Tonight, the night after the draft. And here we are. A new era for NXT, the end of an old era, the closing of one door, the opening of another, the end of one chapter, the beginning of the next. One conclusion, one new beginning, one dusk, one dawn. I've run out of analogies. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Mr. Alpha Kanawa tonight to go through and discuss everything that happened. A banger of an NXT. Alfred, if you looked at tonight on paper, you might be tempted to say, kind of a throwaway show where, you know, absolutely in between, not a lot story-wise. But to that, I say nay. Uh, tonight, in terms of bell-to-bell in-ring action, yes, I'm going to put this over, uh, put this up there with, some of the best NXT takeovers we've ever seen wow. in terms of wrestling and consistency. Now, it was very, it was an excellent show. I don't know if I put it up there with takeovers, but the wrestling on this show, it just kind of seemed like, especially like with JD McDonough, knowing this is probably his last yeah. match in NXT until further notice that he's just going balls to the wall and going out with a bang. And a lot of people went out with the bang and there was even some, good non-wrestling segments on this show. I just thought this was an all-around very good show, a very good way to end a lot of stories in NXT as they go on to the main rosters. I thought this was great. And every time when I was kind of like, well, you know, what, what do I expect of this match? What's going to happen in this match? And then it would start and the spots would happen and they would get into it and it would just get going. And um, I think if this was your first NXT tonight, this probably would set up an unrealistic expectation. Just in yeah. terms of like how good I'm not, I'm not saying this was the best episode of NXT ever. I'm not saying this had some of the best segments of NXT, but I'm just saying consistently tonight, the wrestling slapped every match was good. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Kelvin Alexander, $5 super chat saying, I know she just started, but damn it. Give Danny Palmer all the belts. We had a great, a very good debut by Danny. Palmer. Very good debut. Could, she's good. Women's tag match tonight, the Dragon Lee, JD McDonough match, Wesley's match, even Joe Gacy tonight. Yeah. Putting us all. Uh, the scripts versus uh, Axiom. Reggie now. He got his yeah. mask removed. So we're, we're going Reggie. We're going full Reggie, which I'm for. This was really, really good. Um, so Issa is out tonight. She is already in the thick of things with Backlash and SmackDown coming to Puerto Rico this week. So. Look for her social media and channel for more updates as things go on there. Of course, we'll Issa Mania. Yes. 
she, you know, she's responsible. I mean, I, I wanted to say this the other night, but I don't want to make her seem too old. I would say, you know, she'd start uh, calling herself the, the, the godmother, godmother, godmother of modern Puerto Rican wrestling. Yeah. You know, yeah, she made she it all should, happen. She should trademark that term too. Yes. It's gotta but be a hipper Thompson. thing. Godmother sounds kind of old. Yeah. Godmother does sound old. I think fairy godmother. I think of an old lady that bullied yes. Cinderella. Yes. Um, <laughs> wait the bullied cinderella wait a minute no those were her were there, <laughs> that was her god sisters or stepsisters okay <laughs> i like this version of cinderella where the fairy godmother's like i'll show you you're gonna have the best night ever and then tomorrow it's gonna be so disappointing when you go back to your regular life like mopping up after your sisters wasn't there a heel that was a fairy godmother or the fairy godmother with a bay face she was a good no person. the fairy godmother was it was the fairy godmother she was looking out for it, it was it was a wicked stepmother you're thinking of wicked stepmother that's what i'm thinking of okay <laughs> but i love that you get those confused i love that you get those confused uh would be a totally different cinderella story but uh no this was awesome tonight we got a lot to jump into to recap man that ggjc match even yeah brutal got some color there man way it looked like this this was good tonight. This was a really really good for an episode of NXT that I had zero expectations for. Very impressed with the execution. But before we dive into it, let's talk about the news. What's going on? Well, you want to talk expectations? Let's talk expectations. Very high expectations for AEW All In, otherwise known as Cody Mania. And day one ticket sales for Cody Mania were very, very strong. It looks like AEW All In, according to Tony Khan, the thirty six thousand ticket sales on the first day of pre-sales that translates to 4.7 million for live gate for one day in europe very very strong numbers um i believe that's the biggest one day live gate in terms of uh in europe for wembley stadium so this is probably going to be the majority of tickets sold for aew um oh tk's coming after you in a tweet buddy looks like possibly aew could get close to that whether it's 70,000, whether it's 80,000, I really do think they're gunning for that 80,000 so that they can say that they outsold SummerSlam 92, which was brought up on this show. But 35,000 tickets sold in day one is a very good number. A lot of people who are apologists for AEW have taken this narrative where it's very defeatist. I think it's a loser mentality. They're all saying, oh, no, no, 35, 40,000 would be a success. It's fine. Listen, I've been saying this the whole time and I'll continue to say it. AEW and Tony Khan did not book a 90,000 seat stadium to sell 40,000 tickets. This is not happening. It's all in. And day one, 36,000 is indication that they are and can put themselves in position to potentially outsell SummerSlam 92. And you mentioned Tony Khan and how he gets on Twitter and how he comes after people. Well, Tony Twitterfingers was doing his victory lap and he went after ESPN boxing reporter Mike Coppinger. Mr. Coppinger of ESPN stated that AEW may only be looking to set up for 40,000 fans at Wembley Stadium. Of course, we had that story last week about how screenshots showed temporarily from Ticketmaster that AEW All In was going to open up the entire stadium. Mike Coppinger says that they're only setting up for 40,000, and Tony Twitterfingers went after him, Glenn. He said, lies! What a load of crap! Tell your agent Nick Khan to shove it up his ass! That coming from Tony Twitterfingers, who was drawing a line in the snow against all those who had something bad to say about AEW All In. But 36,000 ticket sales in the first day. Glenn, are you going to adjust any type of predictions you have for AEW All In? Do we think they're going to sell out? I think I think that was a shitty, foolish comment. That that was a pretty biased comment from that ESPN reporter being like, oh, I hear it's only configured for 40,000 people. Like, it's just like, dude. Yeah, it came like, out of nowhere. And it was something that was very easily you know, proven. Very wrong. easily. Look at the seating chart. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll get the scene chart. No, I still think 70 is uh, where it's going to land because you have to remember, okay, and I don't mean this in like a Spencer's Gifts, like uh, uh, fart spray sort of way. This show is a bit of a novelty for the local market. And what I mean by that is you're going to get a lot of people that like wrestling and maybe aren't as familiar with AEW, but the fact there's a big wrestling show at Wembley Stadium, probably good for like 20,000 seats because this sort of thing doesn't happen ever in the the UK. It's their first time in the UK where they're very popular. There's a lot of these British wrestling podcasts and sites and stuff like that that cover AEW that have been yeah. thirsting for pro wrestling, let alone AEW, to come over the pond to England. And so they are definitely benefiting from that. I think the tickets have been very reasonably priced because Tony Khan wants to sell this out. And I think 70000 is really from the jump is what I thought that they were going to do, around 70000 I mean, obviously, it would be a big feather in the cap for AEW to outsell SummerSlam. Uh, but close to that number, they're going to do everything they can. And I don't think yeah. announcing matches and whatnot, I think local promotion and doing a lot of these business tricks, you know, having that's where uh, Nick Khan would come in handy, huge, but obviously they don't have somebody like him. But I do think they're going to do everything they can to try to eclipse WWE SummerSlam number, even if that means lying a little bit about the number. I mean, dating myself a little bit here with, with age, um, back in the 80s, you would just have to hear WWE is coming to town and people would assume that meant I was going to see Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik. Then they might show up and they would just be like, oh, this is the B tour loop. That's one scenario. Second scenario then is you do have the names and you do say Hulk Hogan is coming to town. People will turn out and see that even if they're casual fans. So when they start announcing Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, when they start doing QT media press, yes, QT is going to be good for at least 20,000 tickets oh, in yeah. the UK. People will come from all over the uh, United Kingdom the, the, and, and the affiliated territory, Australia, everywhere the, the monarchy touches will be traveling for QT Marshall. But no, when you start doing the local media, when Soraya starts going on UK chat shows, don't underestimate the walk-up on this. And especially if the tickets, which we saw were, we thought they were higher priced, actually not the pretty reasonably priced all things considered. And this is still a post COVID era where people want to go out and do things. This is where the WWE effect comes into play. Look at every story we see for every WWE live event, TV event. This is WWE's biggest gate in blank market. People want to go see wrestling live. And in the UK, you have very few opportunities to do so. Typically one, maybe what? every other year something right. at like a major venue i mean they do these smaller tours and whatnot but this is this is the real deal man and when you get the full press behind this plus you all have to look at it also um they've got people like jack whitehall like names that mean nothing to u.s viewers there are a lot of british celebrities that are very big in the markets so when they start tapping into them to promote this like there, there's a lot been a lot of bad takes on this but i think 70 is is the floor for what they're going to do yeah, and between now and AEW All In, of course, you've got the premiere of Collision. You've got some big shows, whether it be Forbidden Door, you've got Double or Nothing. And so my point in that is that AEW, to really juice that walk-up, should promote some surprises or some big fish that maybe they've landed if they're able to land somebody and have a big surprise for AEW All In, uh, much like what happened with 
People thought that Sasha Banks was going to show up in AEW, which didn't happen. But actually delivering on a surprise where something is teased, it'll just be hard to do that with CM Punk is probably going to be put on the June 17th show. If Sasha Banks or if Akoto Ibushi is able to be landed with AEW, I'd imagine they'd be on collision uh, to really give that show some steam. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to have any surprise entrance between now and August. It's going to be a tough thing to do. Well, I could see them do it. If it were Vince McMahon he would try and book a Tyson Fury or someone or Conor McGregor. He would try and do one of those gimmick crossover matches for an event like this. I mean, which WWE did right. Um, at, uh, their last UK show, but that would draw, that would bring people in. So I wouldn't be surprised who's, I mean, who are some of the other big names right now, uh, from, from England that might any, I mean, maybe, okay, here we go. Maybe a famous footballer that's soccer player. To, to oh, the yes. Americans. Uh, but you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. Can David Beckham get involved in a match? Like, what can they do? That'd be a great get if David, if they, they should get some celebrities in the area. I mean, David yes. Beckham is actually a really good name uh, off top, but you know, obviously Tyson Fury has a relationship with WWE, mm -hmm. but he's not employed by them. There's yeah. no indication that there's any contract he has that says he cannot go to AEW that I know of. And so while I, that's a long shot, if Tony Khan was about that life and really wanted to make a statement, maybe he outbids for a Tyson Fury. Honestly, you know? that could get it to a full sellout, a legit full sellout, which I think would be 85,000 tickets, and they can fudge the rest with production set up to cut down the capacity. You know, And this is the other thing. People forget that Tony Khan has deep pockets, and if he decides that it's important for AEW to make a statement with this, What's an extra million dollars yeah. to someone like a Conor McGregor? And he's not afraid to spend with those deep pockets, especially uh, given the fact that we see hear all this music, this licensed mm -hmm. music that he uses. And that is not cheap, you know, and several w AEW superstars have this music uh, yeah. that he's not afraid to spend on if he thinks it's going to make them into bigger stars. So, of course, uh, it'll be tough, the UFC guys, especially because Endeavor WWE relationship, yeah. I think they're going to shut a lot of that down. So it's going to be tough to go that route with UFC talent, but there's plenty of British celebrities. You can and, get the Spice Girls to open up the show. Hey, Soraya's going back and forth with Baby Spice. Yeah. Inviting her to the show. Um, And, and Punk's going to be on that show. I don't 100%. care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're all firing on all cylinders. See, but that's kind of the dark side of this show is that they are really kind of loading up on the dark side of wrestling in order to hopefully sell out Wembley Stadium. CM Punk, they just brought back Jeff Hardy. Will Ospreay is a guy whose body is breaking down, admittedly, and it's because in his biggest matches, he takes these big risks and works his highly physical style. And Will Ospreay in his home country in what potentially could be the biggest English crowd in the history of wrestling is going to have a crazy match that will destroy his body. Body. So this whole event might be catamount to dark side of the ring in terms of all the risks Tony Khan is taking, the type of people who are on the show. But this 35,000 or 40,000 seats they sold today, these are the hardcore AEW fans, and this is getting the momentum, but we haven't even scratched the casuals yet that don't register for And this was a pre-sale. This wasn't the general yes, public on sale. General sale goes on Friday. So this is a huge, there's going to be plenty more tickets sold. And this is a pre-sale. They did have 60,000 pre-sale codes out there. So now you see how that kind of translates almost like a two to one or half in terms of the amount of people who ended up coming through. But there's going to be much more tickets between now and the end of the week. So I really do think that they can touch that 60 to 70,000 range.
Yeah, and I think it'll be big. No, Ricky uh, Louis saying, oh, they'll get Goldberg. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think they Not at they, all. they literally need to make this like the first uh, all in or all out. I don't want to get confused. Uh, the, like the first show was. They need to basically make this. This and this look, AEW does very long pay per views as is. So, I mean, this will be like this should be a six hour show. Yeah, it's probably going to be a long show. They absolutely should make it like Cody Mania or All In, the original idea yeah. for AEW All In. And Goldberg, we're talking about all these surprises they could potentially have. That would be a great ace in the pocket. To Obviously, you'd want to do the thing that you did with CM Punk where you make it obvious who it's going to be. But you have somebody maybe calling out Goldberg, similar to what Jericho did. Maybe you can have Jericho himself call out Goldberg week after week. Or you have uh, something happen to where you hint that Goldberg's going to, somebody's going to be next. Who's next in Wembley State? something like that that you tease that it's obviously going to be goldberg and i think that could really help the walk up no absolutely I, but i i'm very excited for this i mean look we like to give everybody shit on this podcast but th this feels very real now the, i mean this is not it's just and anyone that's trying to hate on this like oh it's going to be a bomb i mean come on like right now it's very hard for professional wrestling to miss i mean look at the report today about wwe's demos being up over the last year now yeah you could probably say a lot of that's the triple h effect better booking younger person booking the show younger people watching the show but it's like right now there's not a lot of misfires in wrestling yeah it's a very hot period it's, it's when you look at the industry leader in wwe and how hot they are there's going to be a good trickle down effect for that and aew it finds itself in a very fortunate position where they're now now that wrestling is hot they're headed into a market where they're very hot and so all parties are going to win obviously this is going to rise all boats it's always good for aew to be competitive with wwe because that has not happened in quite some time yeah. aew had a very hot start they had that grand slam show they had that period where they were outselling wwe and new york market Market ticket sales and now they're kind of starting to come around now that wwe admittedly i think is kind of starting to get a little soft in terms of their booking i think their booking has now left a lot of questions and with vince mcmahon back a lot of people are nervous about the direction they're taking i oh. do think it's a horrible idea for them to beat cody at wrestlemania and this could be an opening for aew to take over the momentum because of it uh i mean yes it, it's crazy looking at the drafted rosters of WWE and starting to do the math of what percentage of those rosters will see television on a regular basis, especially yeah. in the women's division, which was very depressing. I think raw has like 24 female talents and I'll be shocked if we see more than six of them, maybe eight each week. Both rosters are very deep and you would think that they're doing it so that they can have two exclusive shows and whatnot. I'll believe that when I see it, especially yeah. with Vince McMahon overseeing everything and very trigger happy in terms of cutting scripts apart. So we'll see if WWE does make use of these two huge rosters. Yeah, so we got two more uh, super chats and then we'll talk about our other news story. Kelvin Alexander, $5, saying Issa got to have that gigged up forehead like Carlos Colon to get that godmother title. <laughs> yeah, it's for this weekend. She made backlash happen. You know, if people give me credit for the, the moolah thing in WrestleMania, Issa gets credit for backlash. Uh, and Bear Hudson, on a serious note, saying I wanted to have a serious discussion about the Britt Baker t-shirt. Uh, as a person of color, or a person of color cannot walk down the street wearing that shirt. I, I believe I saw that, but can you just refresh my memory on what that yes, is exactly? The Britt Baker shirt, and it, 
shout out to Bear Hudson, but I don't think anybody could walk down the street wearing that. And that's the thing about wrestling t-shirts. The Britt Baker shirt is just Britt Baker. It's a picture of her with a black eye. And it's a shirt that the heels are using to troll Britt Baker because they beat her up and she caught a stiff shot, a potato as it were. And she's now got a black eye. And so now it's a t-shirt in I mean, I'm just assuming that AEW saw this so that whoever buys it, they put them on a list and send it to the FBI because I don't <laughs> see how out of context you're going to wear a shirt with a woman with a black eye and everybody loves talking about equality. What if a man did if a man? I'm sorry, I don't make the rules, but we live in a society where if you wear a T-shirt with a woman with a black eye and out of context, people are going to have some questions. Simple oh, and yeah. plain. That's just the world we live in. I'm not here to make fair and make equal. I'm saying the real world we live in, you wear that t-shirt out of context. I mean, you're going to get some smoke for it. I'm not going to hate on you or anything like that. Anybody can buy the t-shirt and you're welcome to express yourself, but people are going to have a problem and you're going to get looks if you wear a t-shirt with a woman with a black eye out of context. So knock yourself out if you do it. Let me tell you a little story for a second uh, about how I got this gig on wrestling inc originally uh talking to raj giri on the phone about an ad buy once and we were talking about wrestling and he was like oh you're a fan of wwe and i was like yes yes i am uh, in fact uh i'm wearing a t-shirt right now that i i you know uh for one of my favorite wrestlers but i can't wear it out in public because it says last kicker on it <laughs> and i said you know and uh, i've seen you can't wear a bullet club t-shirt out in public or people want to talk to you about gun control and that was making Raj laugh. And then he said, hey, do you want to be a guest on the podcast? And then immediately after he asked if I wanted to host it. Oh, that's awesome. The rest is history. All because, well, yes. maybe if you wear a Britt Baker t-shirt with a black eye, oh, you can take my job. Who knows? Uh, but no, but the last kicker thing, WWE kind of, they didn't stop. I think they did for a hot minute. They stopped selling those. But mm. at the time, Becky Lynch was still kind of under the radar. So maybe it wasn't as big of a deal. But no, there's a lot, a lot of wrestling t-shirts that you probably shouldn't wear in public. A person with self-respect probably wouldn't wear in public. Like the AJ Styles shirt from Impact. <laughs> uh yeah. There's there's been a lot of lot of bad wrestling shirts. Oh yeah. Y2 AJ shirt, you know. Um yeah, no, there's a lot of most wrestling shirts in general are shirts that I guess you would not necessarily wear in public. Uh, you maybe wear it to wrestling events and stuff like that, but there are some yeah. on the extreme end where it's like, <laughs> good luck explaining I, yourself. I, if you wear I it. never wore my social outcast shirt, you know, yeah, just down about. That'd have been a fun shirt. Yeah. Remember that Jordan Miles shirt that uh, oh, a yeah. <laughs> he got very pissed off about? It was just basically a, a smile. Jordan thought yeah. that it was akin to blackface. I mean, good argument. As anyone who's ever seen that era. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, th there's, yeah. Now, Funkasaurus shirt, I would wear that out. Oh, there you go. 100%. Solid shirt. I wear yeah. New Day shirts um, public sometimes. I remember, I mean, the Dean Ambrose one. I saw somebody at Starbucks once wearing a shirt that said, like, lunatic fringe. Yeah. <laughs> Just gave him a nod. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's up, buddy. Um, actually, the coolest one when they did those country shirts, we were talking about this. And they had the last kicker and Finn Balor with the Irish flag. They had a lunatic fringe one where it was just the A. It was the Anarchy A with the American yes. flag. That shirt was actually like my inner 13-year-old boy was like, that shirt's pretty badass. Anarchy yeah, cool. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to just set a building on fire or something? 
isn't it so weird how like as a teenager it's like yeah anarchy punk rock fuck the man like yeah i mean it's 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 an attitude more than uh an ideology um oh yeah trinity trinity's new shirt in fact designed by a friend of the show lauren moran oh hell yeah of lauren moran's work yes and speaking of trinity i will be speaking with trinity tomorrow fresh off of her debut on impact wrestling we're gonna have a conversation it'll be very fun but until then check out my interview with iron mike tyson it is everywhere right now Uh, it's on forbes on progressive bits all kinds of boxing scene. Thank you so much. Boxing sites have it. Uh, a lot of wrestling sites have it. Even the ones that don't like me ran with it because it is an undeniable interview and uh, had a lot of fun. We talked about crossover matches that could draw Glenn. Mike Tyson did call out Logan Paul for WWE matches. I think would be very fun. I mean, that's something you could maybe do in Saudi Arabia. You could do that on TV, pop a big rating. But Mike Tyson, Logan Paul, man, be a fire uh, exhibition. What I'm curious with Trinity is I want to know what it was like like what was the timeline of the two hours when they made the decision to leave? <laughs> Did they get in a car together? Did they get like in separate Ubers? What was going through their minds? That's going to be a very hot topic in terms of what people want to know, but I'm sure that there's some legal implications that she I'm won't sure, be able to I'm get sure. into uh, specifics there. But yeah, yeah, choir minds would want to know that. Yeah, well, or even like, could you imagine like being married to somebody? that works for the place you just left on very tense terms. Yeah. That's gotta be very awkward for the Usos, for Jimmy Uso in particular, but uh, he's laid it on his feet since then, hasn't he? Yes. Uh, So what else is uh, in the news before we get into NXT? Our final news story, Roman Reigns' undisputed championship. There is confusion as to whether or not this will be unified into one title. We were actually talking about this on the Raw podcast last night where I was guest hosting with Justin Labar and Jack Farmer. Shouts to those guys. And Justin brought up a pretty good point in terms of these two titles. They both have their own lineages in terms of the Universal title and the WWE title. Universal title about to be the 1,000-day title that Roman Reigns has in addition to his 1,000 days off. And the WWE title is obviously the most prestigious title in all of wrestling. So if you are to blend them into one, like what lineage is recognized? Does one go away? That is a very good question, but it is unknown on how they're going to handle that in addition to a third world championship that they've introduced. Of course, the pay-per-view on May 27th was intended to be the king and queen of the ring, but this was changed because of the new title that has been introduced to WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Mm. which a new champion will be crowned Knight of Champions. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with Roman Reigns. He has not come back yet because that's what he does. He just takes all this time off. I don't know why they didn't take these belts off of him, but we don't know whether or not he's going to come back with two belts, with one merged belt. Are they going to do another ceremony? What do you think they're going to do with these two belts? I mean, hasn't Roman almost had the universal title for half its existence? existence at this point yeah it's it's been uh and we all know i mean well i don't want to say i was about to make a joke about oh the the lineage of the universal title but no there were some good there were some good moments in there it wasn't all it was mostly just brock and roman if you look at the history of this title is brock and roman daniel bryan had it he had that eco one with the hemp belt i think that was a wwe title no that was was it i thought it was the universal Champion. No, because oh. yeah, because Kofi beat him for that belt. Now it's the WWE title. And um, but Bray turned the Universal title. He the turned Fiend's that into, title yes, to his face, and then it became blue. Yes, After that was color. the switchover. Got it. Finn Balor, of course, was the first to win it. Seth Rollins yeah. was champion for a little bit there. Kevin Owens. Yeah, Goldberg had the title for a 
cup of coffee. Yeah, I mean, I think that, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It, at first, I mean, it felt very manufactured, like we need a second title, mm -hmm. you know, when they did the brand split. So I don't know. I think, uh, but with Roman, it's, um, I think the bigger question is the tag belts. Or are Sammy and Kevin going to float between both brands? But it seems weird to have these stacked tag divisions on each brand. Yeah, with one champion. Yeah, with one championship. It'll be interesting because the bloodline is on SmackDown. So all the bloodline is on SmackDown. Kevin and Sammy were drafted to Raw. To Raw. Which makes so, no sense. I thought yeah. they were going to break up the bloodline. So, yeah, I, I thought they were going to have them. And I'm kind of glad they didn't do this. That they didn't they still like, could. It by having two different bloodlines. But Kevin and Sammy being on Raw as the Raw and SmackDown champions, you got to wonder. And this is my big problem with the draft is all these unanswered questions we now have. All these rules that always seem to change on the fly mm -hmm. that they do not explain. And I don't think WWE knows the answer to how they're going to mm -hmm. handle Kevin and Sammy on Raw. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe. Maybe. If the Usos and Solo lose at Backlash, we could still have a swap happen with the booking and they get banished to Raw and Sammy and Kevin come over to SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, they just had the draft, so it'd be kind of weird to just rewrite your rules like that. And that, that's what it would come It would be kind of weird. That would be like a Super Vince thing to do. That's what I'm saying, but that's not yeah. good. We don't want, like, we just got out of this era where everything was planned and we had predictability that was really good because it was a story they're telling. And now we're going right back to this. Things are changing at the last second. There's all this craziness happening backstage that they can't account for. And I'm, that's what I'm saying, man. The door is open for AEW to now overtake the momentum. Well, or what if uh, Sammy and KO and Riddle lose and then Sammy and KO are so annoyed by Riddle, they beg to be drafted to SmackDown. <laughs> they, they really need to spice up these rules i submit that whenever they have to do these belt swaps if you're in a position where you have to swap your belts you also have to swap your spouse so if we're gonna make it fun if we're gonna have different rules we swap belts we swap spouses so rhea I ripley yeah, montez ford congratulations it's a match bianca buddy matthews it's a match oh you're gonna pair with dominic Oh, that's right. Well, if we're going kayfabe, yeah, then D Bianca would be with Dominic. Marie Johnson, $2, saying, I remember the APA shirts. This is always pounding ass. Would you wear that in public? <laughs> Alfred, would you wear a shirt that says always pounding ass in public? It depends on where I was. I might. <laughs> I went to the champagne room, I might. <laughs> the funniest thing about that shirt is I guarantee you it was like the DX Suck It shirts because like my brother had one of those when he was yeah. in junior high. Everybody who wore one thought they were like the coolest, most rebellious. Like people would wear that without a hint of irony. Yeah. Just suck it. Not knowing like, well, suck what? Like, can we, yeah. there's also those down here, down there shirts that yeah. pointed at your crotch. I guarantee you the guys wearing the APA shirts, probably not pounding very much. <laughs> you know? Ironically, yes. They're not pounding anything. Yeah. Uh, no. So... That's a good list. I think I'm going to do that for pro wrestling bits on YouTube. It's a top 10 shirts you would not want to wear in public for pro wrestling. If I were you, I would get a hold of the shirts and then I would go wear them out to the club and take video of people's reactions yeah. while you're wearing the shirt. Oh, yeah. It could be a case study of who, which shirt gets yeah. the worst reaction. Yeah. Like the AJ Styles shirt. Walk yeah. up to the ladies. Hey, what's up? Going to Applebee's <laughs> with that on. Applebee's <laughs> will make you turn that inside out. You're ruining the other customer's appetites.
Yeah, yeah. You're not having mozzarella sticks with that on. No, not at all. Uh, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kit Wilson tweeted, Shoddy, thank you. Shoddy92 just sent to me. Kit Wilson tweeted from Pretty Deadly uh, the revival of them coming out of the water and doing CPR on one another. Uh, <laughs> so Pretty Deadly on the main roster, as predicted. That is absolutely adorable. It's great. Love that. Got a nice pop, too, from the main roster crowds. So that's a good sign. They're, they are going to be so much, so much fun. Um, I love that they're on SmackDown, the show that we cover. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, no, absolutely. No, I'm pretty stoked about the draft, man. Um, but yeah, I hope we get to see. We get to this actually see one. these talents. This is another good shirt. I remember that shirt. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, wear that to, to Applebee's. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Good times. Um, Applebee's, if you sir, this is a family restaurant. <laughs> I'll get banned from the Applebee's. Yes. Um, so let's talk about NXT tonight. Oh, tonight, tonight, tonight. We opened with a recap of the draft and then went right into Wesley with Tyler Bate versus Drew Gulak with Charlie Dempsey for the North American Championship. Good length match. Didn't overstay its welcome. Wesley picked up the win, but what did you think of this? It was fine. It was good. It actually had a very high expectations for this, um, but I thought it almost met them, but I thought it was a fine match, and Wesley continues to be a great champion. And they're kind of telling the same story with him as they are in Orange Cassidy in AEW, where he keeps defending this title. He's a workhorse. He keeps wrestling every week, and they're asking when it's going to come up to catch up to him. Yeah. This was good, man. I mean, Drew Gulak is an amazing wrestler and yeah. he always makes sure his talent shines, uh, his opponent shines. And I think with Wesley, I like that Tyler Bates kind of become the spiritual advisor Yeah, like uh, to every wrestler. Yeah. Backstage. He's like Bodie from point break, just going around and like giving people <laughs> life advice, you know, who's the first wrestler he's going to do ayahuasca with. Oh, that'd be a hell of a segment. Yeah. That would should be Dijak. Yeah, it should chill out. Dij and then Dijak like freaks out. And then because they've been doing that kind of Sin City aesthetic with him. So maybe in his vision, he sees people as cartoons in real life, like Sin City. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, but no, this was a great match to open the show. And then we hear from Trick Williams, who I think tonight is the night Trick really established himself. Oh, yeah. With this promo separate from Carmelo and even with Apollo. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the Trick Carmelo feud gonna happen in the next six months they were laying the groundwork for i mean not that they were teasing any type of split but no. trick williams getting into their origin story he is from south carolina i believe he said wj keenan high school which is a real high school in south carolina where trick is from yeah. i don't think he really went to high school with Mello, who's from massachusetts but that was a great origin story that they went to high school they go way back they're day ones and this was a trick williams show this showed you that he can carry his own gimmick. He could talk for himself. I thought he cut a great promo opposite Ron Breaker. I thought Apollo Crews had a great promo, one of the best promos of his career to Trick Williams. And it was just him bigging Trick Williams up, which you know I love. So I thought Trick was great on this show. And you just kind of got a glimpse into, obviously his wrestling is going to catch up one day, but he's going to be a full service, fully formed WWE superstar in short order, I think. No, I thought this was a really good promo. Uh, Braun came out there. Braun, though, man, this seems so goofy now that he didn't get drafted. You know, Finn Balor was kind of this, in this position when there were all those NXT call-ups after Mania in Dallas. 
2016. And then Finn got drafted like five months, four months after everybody else got called up. Like Braun yeah. feels like he's sticking around a little too long now. I would agree with you if he stayed a babyface, but now that he's heel and he's scratching the surface, you yeah. can tell he's much more comfortable in this role. I think he's doing a great job. And I would like to see a couple of months of heel Braun before he is called up to the main roster. He now seems, we talked about how deep those rosters are. I mean, anybody from NXT, I don't care who you are, is in danger of getting lost in the shuffle, especially oh, yeah. with Vince McMahon there, different administration and clashing ideals. So Braun Breaker being a bigger fish now in a smaller pond, I think is going to be great as a heel. No, thank God Pretty Deadly are funny. Um, yeah. I mean, look at, like, Maximum Male Models kind of came back from the dead. Right. You know, in segments they're getting. So I think Pretty Deadly is going to get visibility because Vince will find them funny. Um, but, yeah, I'm really worried about a lot of these other call-ups. And I don't, I don't want to say by name because it's not, I'm not being pejorative about their talents. But, you know, this is when you get to the main roster, if Vince has any say, you know, Vince, Bruce, I mean, the people in charge, how they see you is what matters. Right. Um, but this is great with Trick and Braun. So when they're saying whoop that trick, are they saying to whoop trick? Or are they saying whoop that comma trick for trick? Whoop that whoop comma trick. Now, so I was it just making was sure. a heel chant. Like when they yes. hated trick and they're booing him, they would chant whoop that trick, which is whoop that trick. And now but now that he's a baby face, you add a comma. So that that's what that is. And I will say, we talk about how Vince, Vince is back and he's the Wizard of Oz right now for WWE and he has the final say. But this is still very much a Triple H era. You know, one of those H's is hybrid, but Triple H is running the show and Triple H and Shawn Michaels, I think they're going to have more continuity in terms of bringing Hope NXT so. up to the main roster. Hope so. But no, look, I think Trick really shined tonight, um, held his own and then some with Braun Breaker. This was a good segment. And uh, yeah, excited for where we're gonna where we're gonna get uh, from as the storyline evolves. Gigi Dolan versus JC Jane. Gigi had her brother there. Yeah. Um, no physicality. I yeah. was Disappointed that he didn't get a finisher on him or get super kicked or something. Um, but holy shit, this match started pretty intense with the two of them going at it, and by the end, JC with blood on her face, like uh, yeah, that looked like it, was, it might have been hard way. Yeah, uh, this was a hell of a match, and this feud is far from over. Yeah. I was expecting JC to win because Gigi won the first time around. Her brother was there in the crowd, but didn't really play into the finish or anything. They didn't do anything with him afterwards. He was just there. And after Gigi won, she talked a little trash to him, and they moved on from that segment. And I don't know where JC was busted open. She They just kind of did some kicks on the stairs. Maybe she hit her head on the stairs and cut herself. It looked like uh, it. Yeah. But, you know, by the time she came up from that stair shot, she was busted open and they went right to the finish. So I wouldn't imagine that that was a planned spot that she was going to Yeah, she could have been concussed. Uh, yeah. It's speculation, by the way. Um, yeah. But, or she just needs staples or something. But this was intense. This was good. I just worry that they're going to overplay this feud. This has to end at battleground like yeah i mean i don't know if it has to I'm, they're, but they're gonna have at least one more match which could be the and should be the rubber match battlegrounds four weeks away so yeah i would imagine that battleground will be the final blow off maybe they do um maybe they do do an angle with jc and Gigi's brother from here until battlegrounds and there will be a stipulation of jc get to take her family or something now this is nxt so this is why I say this because it's NXT. What if JC starts dating Gigi's brother? Oh man, I can. And see then what? And then what if the final match is a cinematic match at the house? 
Yeah, we could have House of Horrors or I don't know what you'd call that. <laughs> House of Trauma match. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this is still a great feud. I think the way they're, I, I just feel like this is going, start, now we're getting into the slow motion phase. This is the problem I have with NXT. And I feel like maybe I'm a little too, too positive with my love letters to NXT each and every week. Sometimes they get a really good storyline and then they just drag it out. Like yeah. it just gets very repetitive and doesn't resolve fast enough. Um, and I feel like they've done this quite a bit, but yeah, I'm still into it. I love the intensity of this. JC, JC looked really good. And let me just say that a lot of people when this breakup happened were quick to Janetti, JC Jane in this yeah. split. But I will say that the longer this has gone on, the better JC is coming across and becoming more of a star. Gigi's already a mega star by NXT standards with these promos, the the babyface promo, the real stuff she shared. Gigi already has a massive babyface reaction from the crowd. But I think the longer this has gone on, it's actually helped JC because she is getting a chance to shine a bit more, not just be the the. 2d villain and all this yes and she has a chance to get even more heat for whatever they have her do with J Gigi's brother i think that's going to be key and uh i hope whether it's a promo whether it's her attacking Gigi's brother or whatnot she's gonna have a chance to level up as a heel d-roy j saying j, j netty wow j netty <laughs> solid hip-hop name j yeah. netty yeah yeah there's gonna be a dark side of the ring on Mar marty janetti can't wait just on his Facebook posts. Yeah, you can do one. This should be a multi-part Marty Jannetty Dark Side of the Ring. Marty Jannetty has become like the Gary Busey of professional wrestling. <laughs> In what way? Like just that like you're not sure what's real and what's the rantings of a madman. Yeah. You know? Uh, are they still doing Dark Side? Well, I guess we'll see what happens with Vice and their... Uh... Yeah, it'll be interesting. I know Vice is in some big trouble right now, but they have season four of dark side of the ring i think they've shot all the episodes yeah. and, and jc even with uh, what seemed like an abrupt stop because jc still was beating up gg after her. yeah this is weird because she just kept beating her up and then they just moved on yeah uh this is a great match though man uh and then scripts versus axiom which for all the silliness of the scripts thing and this mask versus mask match let's still remember that axiom is an amazing wrestler and and reggie is a phenomenal wrestler as well, stuck with a terrible gimmick. But hey, here's the good news. That gimmick is over because he got unmasked. And I loved when they acted surprised. Oh my God, it's Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucks when the announcers have to play dumb. I'm actually surprised that not only did they unmask him, but they're now mentioning Reggie on TV, given the headlines over the past week. I know WWE is very sensitive about Googling things and whatnot. So when I read that there are all these allegations in a lawsuit about what they wanted Reggie to be booked at and the pitches oh, they had, for yeah, him, yeah. I thought we'd never hear or see the name Reggie again. But we did. And uh, Reggie has got his mask off. He's there. Hopefully they keep him away from Duke Hudson or any Aussies in NXT. But I'm glad that Reggie's back because he got a big pop. Absolutely. I, I think the audience, because of his skills and his charisma, uh, will forgive the terrible gimmick as long as we never speak of it again. Yeah. They should read and they like Reggie. You know, he's from the main roster. He's gonna have that cachet. He does some great stuff in there. All he needed was to be Reggie, and I think he's gonna get over. Yes. Um, so Brooks caught something from Keanu James. 
And no, don't go there with what you think your mind thinks it could be. He caught business smarts because Brooks and Dunn were in the bar with Fallon and he just starts busting out this plan to sell off land and build like a retirement nest egg. And, you know, they're only using so much value for the bar. And so apparently, see, I'm trying not to, to say something salacious. I would say this. So it's apparently Keanu James rubbed off on him. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, but thank God that storyline is over. Yeah, this is another one to your point about storylines dragging. I felt this is one that was hurt because of all the time they had to have to keep coming up with angles. And I thought that it kind of got worse the more they had time with it. So it looks like Brooks and Jensen are back together again, and Brooks is single. He curved these two baddies <laughs> who were trying to buy him a drink. I love that they were like, Wow, you sound smart. Yeah. <laughs> Want to join us for a drink? Talk to us about our 401ks, you know? Great pickup line. He just wanted some business advice, and he didn't want to give it to him. Yeah. Uh, this was good as long as we move in a totally separate direction now. Yeah, I think him and Fallon are going to get together. Well, there you go. I thought Fallon was with the other one. No, no, no. He's just – It's. it seems like there's some tension, some okay. love tension between – some love, wait, some love tension, sexual tension. I want to love say sexual, tension. but he's never had sex before, so I don't think you can feel that if you've never had sex. Love, te- love tension sounds dirtier somehow than it sexual does. tension. Love tension. It's a tense love. Maybe they do a love triangle. You know, maybe yeah, that's love the triangle. They go. That actually kind of that makes sense in a weird way. Uh, but Dragon Lee versus JD McDonough. Now you might think JD McDonough was going out on his back, but Dragon Lee. After a banger, 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 banger of a match, Great JD match. McDonough defeated Dragon Lee. Like, there were so many amazing spots in this. I will go with you on TakeOver for this match. I think this was better than a lot of TakeOver matches. It was TakeOver quality and caliber. And this is JD McDonough, who probably is looking at an uncertain future on the main roster. Because as good as he is, we all know the rap with smaller guys on the main roster. Not all of them, but some of them, um, especially if they're not dynamic characters. So he's probably just like, I'm going to get all of my shit in. I'm going to put together a whole mixtape before I go to the main roster. And if not, if he isn't used, then at least he had one hell of a match. Uh, Yeah, I think that... And what I mean by takeover, I mean just how stacked the card was with like quality matches. Yes, yes. You know, I'm not saying they were all like DIY, like, you know, versus FTR. I'm saying that like just every match tonight was really, really solid. And that's this, rare to have something of that caliber. No, but I thought this was great. If you missed uh, NXT tonight, just please watch this match. Very yeah, good. And Noam Dar. Noam Dar just looking on like, like coveting his his heritage cup, thinking about Alicia Fox, <laughs> who's apparently now no longer with the company and was with yeah. the company still up until recently, even though nobody knew. I had no idea she was keep getting them checks, Alicia. Yes, absolutely. Love Alicia Fox. Yeah. Um, but no, this match uh, was really, really good. And Malik Black, two dollars saying JD will be over putting on matches like that on the main roster. I just I feel like there's a lot of guys gunning for that spot yeah very tough it'll be tough to see if they let him if he has the time to do that and you know there's a lot of guys who can put on matches like that it's just whether or not they get the opportunity and whether or not they can get over and connect with the fans yeah yeah um no i think that man 
like Grayson Waller and Austin Theory being on the same brand, that is hilarious to me. Yeah. Might be a tag team. Who knows? At least Miz if is they, on Monday. Austin Theory better be hoping it's a tag team or else <laughs> it's going to be Austin Theory like is just going to be in the shadow of even if it's a tag team, it might be in the shadow of Grayson Waller. The Miz should just start a stable with all of his mini me's since this is such the a Miz thing babies. that everybody says, yeah, Miz University, some of the Miz babies, yeah, like that. It just yeah. him just teaching all these guys how to be like the Miz. Absolutely. Um, Miz Camp. Uh, <laughs> oh, he should do a reality show for the next Miz. There you go. He's, It'll be like the challenge. Franch- yeah, he's going to franchise it. <laughs> you know? Um, so after that, Joe Gacy versus Joe Coffey. Good match, short match. A lot of Joe chance. A lot of Joe chance. Solid. Joe Gacy getting the win, which means Susan is going to get a shot at the tag team championships. You know, this match to me was not a coincidence. There's a report that came out today that WWE has money on the table for Samoa Joe, even though he's under contract with AEW. Now you have two guys named Joe being booked in a match, fans chanting Joe. I think this match was designed to bait Samoa Joe to force his way out of AEW. I don't understand how they messed up with Samoa Joe twice. Released, brought back, released again. I wouldn't trust him. Yeah. Very odd. Very, very odd. Uh, Danny Palmer versus Tatum Paxley. Poor Tatum Paxley. Yeah, she's just turned into the Sting character out of nowhere with no explanation. Yes. Uh, but Danny Palmer. Okay, Danny Palmer's theme music. Awesome. Love it. Great punk rock music, like authentic punk rock. You don't see every day in WWE. I loved it. No, it was really good. Uh, she got to put on pretty good showcase. Some flashy moves. Charisma like crazy connected with the audience. This was a solid debut again, NXT's women's division, best women's division of all professional wrestling, even with all the call-ups that happened. Yeah. This was almost a perfect debut. I think it went maybe a move or two too long, but I thought this was really good. She looked great in there for somebody who this was her debut match. And she's really going to fill that void that Sol Ruka left behind. I believe those were the two that were palling around together. I think it was Danny Palmer was Sol Ruka's best friend. And she's kind of encroaching on Sol Ruka's whole flow in terms of her ring gear is very similar to Sol. The kind of wavy music is a little similar it's the same vibe there so i think the plan was to put them together as a tag team and i think they would have made a great tag team of these super athletes but i was very impressed by danny palmer danny palmer also the name of a character on the larry sanders show yes uh so wait let's uh talk about this a second during the draft last night did you see nikita lyons i did the audience she was sitting with the nxt talent in the track suits yeah so i wonder I wonder if a uh, return is imminent. Hopefully. I don't know how serious that knee injury is. If it is, she should be months away, but maybe she was just there. I mean, she had to sit down. It's not like she had a stand or anything like that. You know, because you know, it was you know, a sitting spot. We can, yeah. you know. what we've learned. It's all the fault of that new trainer. That's making everyone lift too much weight. Yes. The trainer is hurting a lot of people. Um, which is but like you can't blame the trainer, you know, whoever this individual, and I hope their name never gets out because you know wrestling fans love finding victims and okay. Hold people. on a second, you can't blame I want you can't blame the trainer, karate kid three Terry Silver. Hello, <laughs> like the quicksilver method almost destroyed Daniel San. 
Yes, yes, there is going to be some scapegoats and whatnot. I'm just saying, I hope people are, I'm wishing in a dead air because it's Twitter, but I would the hope Terry that Silver are of NXT must be stopped. Is that who this is? No, oh, I don't know. No, no, the, ter- the Terry Silver of NXT <laughs> must be stopped. He's pushing everyone too hard and is causing these injuries. Yes, well, hopefully they're not going to be lifting as heavy weights as they were before. And they find some kind of adjustment to make sure that they're not having to forfeit titles and get injured. Less weight, more reps. Yeah, more bumps. Well, maybe not more bumps, just just more smart in-ring action when you're training. Yes. Um, and I don't know the real story, but it's kind of... It's, it's so internet wrestling community for that to be a rumor. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a trainer. It's one trainer, trainer that's just... You know, pushing everyone too hard. Yes. Got him trying to be all big and strong for Vince. <laughs> I mean, that actually doesn't sound far-fetched at all. No. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty uh, on the money. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn versus Caden Carter and Katana Chance for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Little overplayed where they were like, oh, a Raw tag team and a SmackDown tag yeah. team competing for the NXT tag team. So I, I thought a third team was going to get announced to take these titles and keep them in NXT. I'm surprised that didn't happen. Yeah, this is okay. another tag team division. where So now we have the NXT champions going out to one of the main roster brands. And it was so funny. Vic Joseph, after this match, was just like, oh, my God, a SmackDown tag team is the Smack. They're, they're going to SmackDown? Like, he was shocked. Like, the same thing would have played out if a Raw tag team would have won these titles. So now what they do with this, are they going to be on all these shows? Who knows? This is completely unnecessary to put these two teams that are going to get drafted against each other. But okay. that's what they decided to do. I have a theory what's going to happen. I could see them going to SmackDown. Damage controls on SmackDown, right? Yes. I believe they got drafted. This- yes, SmackDown, yes, with Michael Cole. I have a theory that damage control wins these, and they go back to NXT for a while. Wow. And then there's a tournament or something to... Because they, they, I was trying to think that I'm like, who else is a serious women's tag team in NXT right now? Yeah, they pretty much wiped them all out. Those pretty much most of your tag team division got drafted. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna feud with someone like Damage. Okay, so the good news is, oh no, wait, I just figured it out. Uh, tag team champions, Liv and Raquel, they got drafted to Raw, didn't they? Yes. Liv okay. And Raquel. So the SmackDown right tag team women's tag team championships are going to be the de facto SmackDown tag team women's championships for a while. Uh, oh, so you're saying they're going to have two sets of titles and the NXT title will be like on SmackDown. Do they even have enough women? I know they drafted they a do. big roster Dude, there's in a terms ton of, of women's tag teams, though, that no, they've established. They don't, have, they don't have the tag teams, but they have enough women to pair off and have an eight team bracket. Yeah, that would be cool if they did that. Where they have two tag teams. So then what do you do in NXT? Do you create new titles? Um, I think we I think we do need a mid-card women's title. I don't think that's a bad idea, but I could see them using that to sit out until we get some more women's tag teams in NXT. I could see them yeah. using that as a little pause. Interesting. You know? I don't know. I don't know That'd what they cool do. If one of them, they could just keep the NXT titles and then the NXT titles get defended on NXT and SmackDown. I don't I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. But I think damage control would be uh that would be my pick for who should win it because i mean shana and ronda ain't going to nxt 
But I think Bailey, Dakota, and EO absolutely would. I can see it. You know? This was a great match, though. Um, I liked it. Both these teams are going to crush it on the main roster if they get a chance to actually have matches and perform. Yeah. I hope I I've always felt like Katana and Kaden is more of a main roster gimmick in terms of their entrance and the the whoop whoops and stuff like that. Mm. I hope they're not just thrown to the wolves so that they don't get over because that could be a very incredible entrance when you're running through the crowd going crazy and people are into it. That could be a lot of fun. It's true. They need to run through the crowd, slap everybody's hands and then do the monologue. (laughs) Drop a little MDMA, you know? Uh, and replace the uh, smoke cannons with t-shirt cannons. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the key. Oh, uh, man. Um, yeah, really like this match. This was really good. Really excited to see what their careers are like on the main roster. And then Indy Hartwell is not taking the title with her. Nope. She has an injury. You might say, well, she just got drafted to Raw. How is that going to work? Well, she gave the speech tonight, very heartfelt speech. She dropped the title. There's going to be a tournament. Finals will be held at Battleground. And Dexter Loomis appeared from under the ring and carried her to the back. Awesome. Um, so I think she's probably going to have a non-wrestling storyline with Dexter. Maybe the way gets back together on Raw. Yeah, they've been doing these one-offs with Dexter and Indian every single time it gets over like crazy. So WWE needs to take a cue from its own programming and hopefully index will be on raw together. I'm not holding my breath for this anymore because there've been too many false starts, but I thought that this was a very poetic way for Indy Hartwell to go off television in this very famous scene. We remember him carrying her and her putting her thumb up and that's how she walked out or or was carried out. And I thought that was great. This was a great moment. And then perfect, perfect follow-up compared to the messiness that raw went off the air with last night. Yeah. Uh, perfect follow-up where then you had Tiffany Stratton grabbing the belt, Roxanne putting her hands on it as well, and all the women coming down there and brawling as we went off the air. Yeah, this is really cool. I thought they shot this well, too, where they had the title there, and then you had the hand pick it up, and, and then they just degenerated it into a brawl. My one nitpick with this is that they're showing all these attacks at one point in NXT, all the people who got attacked, whether it was so oh, Luka yeah, who's right. out, whether it was Nikita Lyons who's out, and then they also showed Wendy Chu, who was in this just inexplicably. It shows up in this brawl where it's like the idea is somebody is attacking all these NXT towns and taking them out of action. And unexplained, you just have Wendy Chu come back on TV. What was super weird about this, I have to go back and watch this, but they were showing these tweets and they had NXT Anonymous chime in, but they also had somebody with NXT Unknown, which is a Twitter handle that it's existed since 2018 but has never been used Four followers following six people. I don't think it's official, but they had NXT unknown saying they'll reveal themselves soon. So this was the tease for that storyline that we will find out who the parking lot person was soon. The assailant. It's interesting because this person, whoever it is, is it's like people are get hurt in real life and it's just getting them more over because now they just have to say, Oh, this person hurt them. That's why they're gone. So they really claimed a lot of bodies, whether it's intentional or not. Can you imagine if their ring name is their name and the assailant, and then it gets cut off on the Tron and it's just the ass. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Baby. I sing. it's the sister of scripts. <laughs> um, this was a great episode. I loved it. 
I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I had zero expectation for this. Uh, I figured we'd get some send-offs tonight. I thought the tag match would be good, but you know what? There wasn't a bad match on this show. Yeah, this is a very good show. I, I very much, I thought this is an excellent show, actually. Yeah, uh, so stoked for Indy, but I think with the foot injury, if she's not working with Dexter in the way, I don't know what she's going to do on Raw. Yeah, I hope she does work with Dexter. I hope they they have a whole storyline for them. Uh, they can even do something where they split up and they come back together and just to give somebody people something to root for or whatnot but they yeah. have to have index on raw i think it'd be a lot of fun yeah this is good man uh it was interesting also in the the assailant segment they had somebody guess it's carmella we know it's not carmella but someone say oh it's lacey evans she's not really such a lady <laughs> that wouldn't be bad lacey evans coming back as a heel to nxt i wouldn't mind it why not i mean what else is she doing on the main roster she's not doing anything man did she get drafted even? I think she did get drafted. I want to say she got drafted to SmackDown, but I'm not sure. But I do think she, I did remember seeing her name as somebody who got drafted. Well, hey, you know, if you just keep rebooting the character, eventually they're going to get it right. Yeah, there'll be a new Lacey Evans. Maybe she'll dye her hair this time. Oh, that could be fun. So that's what happened tonight on NXT. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Follow Alfred at This Is Nasty. He's got that interview with yeah. Trinity coming up, formerly coming known up as Naomi. Trinity. Check out his interview with Mike Tyson. And uh, I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Give me a follow. If you like the podcast, like, share, subscribe. Leave us a rating and review on the podcast player of your choice. And uh, tune in tomorrow for AEW coverage. We'll be back here on Friday to talk about SmackDown. See you next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.